Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 434 of our YouTube channel and podcast. And I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about your emergency savings and exactly what you can do uh, to either create an emergency savings for yourself or bulk up that emergency savings. This is something that is extremely foundational, something um, that we have to take into account, something that cannot be just left out in the rain when it comes to uh, our financial lives. As boring as it may be, as boring as a um, topic, as it may be, right? Uh, we still have to talk about it. We still have to be diligent in making sure that we have the proper emergency savings set aside for ourselves uh, and for our families. That way, uh, if the worst were to happen, we can be prepared. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. That's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. Then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, look, I am disappointed. I'm disappointed in how many people don't have any savings, right? And when I say no savings, I don't mean invested money, right? I don't mean uh, money that you're setting aside for some particular reason, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about emergency savings, right? I'm talking about savings uh, that you could, you know, keep your life running if worse came to worse. Now, maybe not absolute worse, but if something negative were to occur, right? If something bad were to occur, that you could keep your life running uh, until you can get your feet back under yourself, right? Most people do not have that cash, right? Most people do not have money sitting aside and that is a problem. Now, having an emergency savings fund should be a top goal in order to be able to cushion an unexpected financial blow uh, without going broke. So uh, many people talk about this and I've talked about it before, the idea of losing a job, right? Or having a big medical bill come up or, um, you know, having a big car wreck or whatever, right? Something that was uh, unforeseen, something that there was no way to expect that it would occur, uh, and then it did, right? And then it was costly and you had to pay for it now, right? Uh, and that would constitute what an emergency is. Now, an emergency is not uh, spending money on eating out, right? An emergency is not, um, you know, I... I'm going to overspend on my shopping or I'm, uh, you know, going to be a little short at uh, the restaurant. No, that's not what an emergency is. An emergency uh, is something that you could not have possibly uh, planned for otherwise, right? Uh, so even still, even knowing that these types of things occur all the time, and they do occur all the time, especially, and I don't know why it works out this way, but especially if you don't have any money set aside, um, how often has life financially punched you in the mouth? I'm sure it has, right? Um, and people continue to fall short because think, if you don't have anything, 
uh, set aside, if you don't have any emergency savings and emergencies do occur, well, that's just going to set you further and further behind because it's going to lead you into debt, right? That's going to lead you into having to borrow money uh, in order to just keep your head above water. And that is not good for anyone. Now, a bank rate study uh, found that just 44% of people are prepared to pay for an unexpected $1,000 expense uh, with cash. More than one third of people would need to borrow the funds, just a thousand dollars. And you may be in a position in your life where you're like, man, I wish I had a thousand dollars and I get it. Right. But a thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things is just not that much. Right. Uh, there are emergencies that are far more costly than a thousand dollars. And just 44% of people are prepared to pay for a thousand dollars. Now, What's really funny about this statistic is uh, when I began doing this show prior to um, you know everybody getting uh, stimulus checks and all these types of things, I think the number was around 44% of people could cover a $400 expense. But that's changed quite a bit because people actually got a little bit of savings in their pockets, a little bit of cash. And um, so things actually, I think, are looking a little better, but nonetheless, they are not where they should be. And then the question becomes like, okay, well, where should they be? Right? Where should uh, your emergency savings be? So I'll point you to the, to the uh, financial action plan. Right, uh, I tell you to budget every single month. That's the first thing I tell you to do. The second thing is have a month's worth of household expenses uh, in an emergency fund. Right, That's your small emergency fund to just get you by until uh, you are completely out of debt. So uh, that's what I tell you to do initially. And for most people, that's going to be more than $1,000 by itself right? But that'll keep your house running for a month. Then the third part, you know, take advantage of your employer match, not really interested in that here. Then you're going to pay off all your consumer debt other than your mortgage. And the fourth part, then the fifth part, I say, take that original emergency fund that you started uh, and make it four to six months uh, of household expenses. Uh, and so that becomes a pretty substantial amount of money that's set aside uh, if you were to need it, right? And then you could be a part of this 44% of people uh, that could pay for a $1,000 expense and you could do much more given four to six months of household expenses, right? But that is what you have should have set aside. Um, and ultimately, the more variable your income is than like, you know, if you work a commission-based job or a job that's very volatile, likes to lay people off all the time, lean towards the higher end of that four to six months, maybe even a little more if you feel the need. Um, but you know, if you have a very stable job, stable household, stable income, all these types of things, you don't have kids or whatever, right? Anything that decreases the volatility of your life, then you can have a little less, um, on that particular scale, you know, leaning towards the four months, uh, of household expenses set aside, but nonetheless, having money set aside is vital. Having emergency savings is vital. Now finding extra money uh, in order to get that much money saved up uh, may sound like a difficult thing to do, but uh, it is a requirement. And you have to keep this in mind too. Even if you're somebody who has an emergency fund already set up and you already have had an emergency fund put away and all these types of things, you're like, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm set. Think about this. Inflation's running high, right? And if inflation runs high for a couple years, right? then where's the value of that money relative to where it was a couple years before? The value is less, right? And it's likely that four to six months of household expenses is now more a couple years later than it was a couple years before, right? So you may need to add money to your emergency fund to just keep up with 
inflation. So that's something you may need uh, to think about. And, you know, you need to think about where that money is going to come from. Now, lucky for you, the way that I set up the financial action plan is to where once you get to uh, this place where, okay, we're going to build up our fully four to six months, you know, household expenses type emergency fund, we have some money, right? We have some margin in our budget. We're not spending everything that we make. So we can actually, you know, take this money and put it in to an emergency fund and we're not investing a ton. And so we can't, um, you know, have any excuse as to where the money's going otherwise, right? We have money and it's going into an emergency fund, right? So because at that point you don't have any debt, so you don't have debt payments, right? Um, you're sitting there, you're not investing a ton. Uh, there's nothing else you should be saving for prior to having emergency savings. And so uh, you're really just pushing this place. We're like, hey, I need to save my money, right? Uh, so luckily I set it up in that way. But what I want to talk about primarily uh, in this episode is, you know, what are some ways that you can either bulk up your emergency savings if you need to do so. So like maybe you've used some of it, or maybe it's, you know, not worth as much as it was worth when you originally put it away, inflation's eating away at it, whatever. Uh, so, you know, bulking it up in that way, or actually creating an emergency fund um, and creating margin in your budget uh, in order to, um, you know, have that emergency fund that you need. So, couple things that I think you should really think about. First uh, is going to be probably the most impactful, uh, and that is reducing your monthly bills. There's a reason that I tell you in the financial action plan to budget before anything else and to track your expenses before everything else. Because if you know where your money's going, then you can ultimately decide if you're spending too much on something. You can ultimately decide if you have an income problem or an expenses problem. Uh, or if you have a debt problem or whatever else, you can find and diagnose the issue, right? That's like, it's like taking an x-ray. You're doing your uh, budget is like taking an x-ray. You look into uh, your financial life and you see what may be broken and you can diagnose what's wrong and then ultimately tell yourself, how do we fix it, right? Uh, and so reducing your monthly bills is one of the biggest things that you can do. Chances are, Big savings can be found by reassessing your day-to-day -day expenses. The littlest things, the, you know, death by a thousand cuts, it is 100% true, right? Uh, oh, I'm just going to go pick up fast food here. Oh, I'm just going to buy this at the store. Oh, I'm just going to order this on Amazon, whatever, right? Uh, the little things can just chip away uh, at your budget and leave you with no money, right? So you have to actually have margin, actually have money in order to um, build up an emergency fund. Now, an approach you can take is the approach from the 21-day uh, budget cleanse. Uh, and basically what you do here is you look at the 21 largest bills that you have, right? So whether it be, uh, you know, the place that you live, your rent, your mortgage, your, um, you know, cable bill, your internet bill, your, uh, you know, gas bill, whatever, right? And then try to shop around to decrease them. Right now, it's not saying try to shop around and get crappy service or whatever, but um, try to decrease them, try to get them to where you can find some margin in your budget. Right, so take your bundled internet, phone, and cable bill, right, and uh, ask the provider if there's an opportunity for a better package or better rate, and investigate other options available through uh, other companies. Right, uh, most people really haven't taken the time to see if they're overspending and size up what the difference ultimately is. And I think we all fall, uh, or most of us fall into 
this, right? Where we're paying for something, we get so used to paying for it. Uh, you know, the price increases, Netflix goes up, Disney Plus goes up, whatever, and we don't care. We just keep paying it and paying it and paying it. Our internet price, you know, goes up after the promotional period, and we just keep paying it and paying it and paying it. And it's one thing if you have plenty of margin in your budget and you can pay it, and you're not really worried about that price that they're charging. I, yeah, that's fine, right? But if you're in a place where you have no emergency savings, right, then you are financially broke at this point, right? You have no money. You need to get in a place where you actually have money. You actually have uh, some margin in your budget. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you get a little more extreme than everybody else. You take into account a little more than everybody else these nickels and dimes, these uh, few dollars here, a few dollars there in your budget, because those few dollars here, a few dollars there can turn into a lot of dollars over time if you actually allow it to do so. So uh, reduce your monthly bills, shop them around, uh, and find margin in your budget. I think that is absolutely valuable. Now, the second thing I think you can do uh, is reassess your credit card habits. So of course, the fourth part of the financial action plan is to get all of your consumer debt paid off. So if you have uh, credit card debt, then that needs to be taken care of right then uh, and there. But not only do, do people have credit card debt, people also have this issue with overspending based on the fact that they use credit cards to spend. And I've told you before, credit cards can be dangerous for this particular reason. They are marketed to us so heavily and uh, they give us all these perks and all these upsides and all these types of things because they want us to get into the habit of using them. They want us to use them. And the, the research shows that if you're using plastic or you're using uh, your credit cards, you're gonna spend more uh, than if you're using cash uh, or we're even using a debit card because you know there's actually money associated with uh, those things, not uh, with your credit card as much, right? Now, credit card balances can cost you north of 20% if you're not careful, right? If you're holding a balance, having to pay interest on your credit card, it's just not a smart thing to do, right? Credit cards are some of the most dangerous financial instruments out there, um, and they are instruments that play some very nasty music. Now, the truth is you do not need um, excess of credit cards, right? You don't need credit cards in your life at all, okay? Uh, I've told you before, if you cannot keep zero balance, then you should not have a credit card. The benefits do not outweigh the danger that's associated with them. And if you've already gotten into a place where you fall into credit card debt and you, I say fall into, you get yourself into, I don't want it to sound like it was just passive. You actively spent the money, you uh, got into credit card debt. If you're already in that place, then you're already susceptible to that type of thing occurring. So to trust yourself to say, oh, I won't do it again. And then uh, you, you look up in a couple years and you actually have a credit card balance again. That's that's tough, right? So doing a little plastic surgery, as Dave Ramsey might say, uh, could be a very, very uh, smart thing to do, right? Get out the scissors, cut up the credit cards, uh, and do not use them anymore, right? Your rewards, the you know extra cash back, whatever, uh, it's not going to be worth you, you know, overspending and you going deeper into debt because then if you have this debt, you have, um, you know, an extra payment on your hands. Uh, if you have credit card balances that are high that you're having to pay off every single month uh, because you're using a credit card correctly, even uh, that can keep you from building your emergency savings as well because uh, you are overspending in certain areas of your life and not allowing yourself to have. Uh, any substantial margin in your own budget, right? Um, so ultimately, I think you can find money 
by just simply getting rid of your credit card habit, right? Or really uh, making sure that you have your credit cards and any other types of debts out of the way. Uh, because if you're not paying those big bills, then you can just put your money to a more constructive use, such as uh, having an emergency savings account, okay? Then I think the third thing that you can do, the third thing that is um, you know, going to help you to bulk up your emergency savings is putting your money somewhere where it is safe. Now, this may sound um, uber conservative, right? And it may sound um, uber fundamental. And it is. It's a fundamental thought, right? Um, but ultimately, we don't want our emergency savings to be at risk, period. Right? We want our emergency savings to be somewhere where we are going to be able to get our hands on it and spend it if need be, right? Ultimately, we don't want to spend our emergency savings, but if life hits and we must do so, uh, we don't want to delay, right? Even with interest rates still at record lows, right? Interest rates still being as low as they are, even as they may rise a little bit uh, in the uh, intermediate future, right? A savings account at an online or local community bank remains the best place to make sure that you'll be able to access the money in an emergency savings uh, account when you need it, right? Because ultimately we don't wanna wait to get our money, right? We don't wanna wait uh, to get your emergency money, right? Because an emergency is not going to wait, it's going to need the money then, okay? So we don't wanna wait. And uh, we also don't wanna put our money somewhere uh, where we are unsure the amount that we're gonna get out on the other side. All right, if you lose your job or you start a business, um, you're going to want uh, quick access to your cash if you need it uh, for some time to keep the lights on, right? You cannot afford to put your emergency savings into uh, crypto or the stock market or whatever, right? Uh, that's just speculation. It's just gambling. And I'll tell you why, right? You may not expect to use your emergency fund anytime soon. You may not expect to do so, right? And there may be a situation where you go eight, nine, 10 years and don't use your emergency savings, right? And good for you, right? That was uh, very good at dodging uh, some emergencies in life. And if that were the case, you would look at me with the argument of like, well, I don't ever use my emergency fund, then, you know, why shouldn't I invest it? Why shouldn't I put it in the stock market? Why shouldn't I put it in crypto? Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? Right? And the answer is actually very, very simple because you never know when you're going to need it. You have no clue when you're going to need your emergency fund, right? Emergencies don't tell you when they're coming. That would uh, defy the nature of an emergency in and of itself, right? You have no clue when they're going to come, right? It could literally come tomorrow, right? God forbid, but it could literally come tomorrow. And if it came tomorrow and, you know, your money's in the stock market and, uh, you know, let's say the stock market were down 30, 30% 30 from where you had put the money in and now you're short on the amount of money that you would need in order to cover the emergency that hits tomorrow, uh, then, you know, you look kind of stupid, right? You look like, oh, well, I did something that didn't really turn out, right? That didn't really turn out to be something valuable uh, for me. Even worse, putting it into something as volatile as crypto, um, and you know, losing half of your money at a, in, you know, in the blink of an eye. It's just not worth it, right? It needs to go into a high yield savings, um, maybe a money market, but I, I, I like the high yield savings for the FDIC uh, insurance backing, but um, you know, putting that money away and just letting it just sit there. 
Don't put it in with your checking account. I don't want you to be tempted to spend it, right? You just need to put it somewhere safe, put it somewhere where you can access it. Um, but obviously I don't want you to just be spending it like crazy. Uh, and do not put it into any financial markets, anywhere that um, has the ability to lose value. I'm not about that uh, with your money, right? I'm not about that with your emergency savings. And there are people who are gonna argue this and go, oh, well, you're just losing value of your money to inflation. Like I said, sure, but this, I've said this many times on the show and I, I think it, it fits here, right? Um, this is not an investment. I'm not looking to make money on an emergency fund. That's not the point, right? The point is not an investment. The point is it is insurance against tragedy, right? It is insurance, right? And what is insurance? Insurance is something that we pay for right? In order to keep us safe. And so an emergency fund is going to be the same thing. I'm paying for it. I'm putting this money away in order to keep me safe. I'm not trying to grow it. I'm not trying to invest it. I'm putting it away to keep me safe, right? So put your money somewhere where it is safe. Then the fourth thing I think you can do in order to bulk up your emergency savings is to sell things you aren't using, okay? Um, if you're looking at the margin in your, in your budget and going, it's going to take forever for me to get the emergency fund that I ultimately need built up. Um, sell some stuff, especially as, you, as you're getting the initial emergency fund, right? When you may still have debt payments and all those types of things. Um, and you're just getting used to a new budget and trying to cut down your spending, all those types of things. Um, sometimes just selling some things and getting some cash in your pocket is going to be what's most valuable to you. Right? So if you haven't used something in a year, aside from like family heirlooms or holiday decorations, it's time to sell it, right? It's time to just put it on eBay, put it on Facebook Marketplace, whatever you need to do, uh, and sell those things in order to get cash in your pocket and then cash in your emergency fund, right? If you haven't worn a shirt in a year, unload it on a website, right? Or take it to, to a you know resale shop or a, a consignment store, whatever you need to do. Right, electronics you're not using uh, can be sold on uh, many different sites or can be taken to stores and uh, resold as well. So uh, there's many, many websites, many, many places that can basically just let you sell your stuff. I mean, heck, if you even have an extra car in the driveway that you don't use, right? Selling that car, and, and again, it's it may just be a temporary thing. Selling that car um, and you know having that cash for an emergency fund for a fully funded emergency fund. Um, can be something that's extremely vital, uh, extremely helpful to your financial life um, and provides more, you know, more utility to you than having that car in the first place, right? And then ultimately, if you want to turn around later and buy a car like that again or buy, you know, some type of sports car or some type of extra car, then by all means. But if you're not using something now, uh, don't just let it set in the driveway. Gosh, you know, how many People have motorcycles that never get used or uh, ATVs that never get used that you could sell and get a pretty penny for uh, and start putting that towards uh, your emergency fund and really get you a head start in that way, right? Anything that can help you push into uh, having a fully funded emergency fund is so valuable because the quicker we get out of debt and have a fully funded emergency fund, then we can actually start growing our money in a very aggressive way because then I'm, I'm telling you, go ahead and start investing at least 15% of your income uh, for your future. And so you can really start compounding your money. But until we have that emergency fund established, uh, that's not gonna be something that's at the forefront of our, our mind. So we're just deferring that ability to grow our money uh, while we wait and wait and wait to have an emergency fund built up. So don't wait, be very active, uh, be very proactive, go 
uh, and sell things and uh, do what you have to do. Which brings me into the last thing I think can help you bulk your emergency savings up. And that is to pick up a side hustle, right? Seems like everybody nowadays has side hustles. So uh, generating more money doesn't have to stop at selling your things, right? You can also sell your skills. And this is something I think it's very important to remember uh, when we're budgeting, right? There are two sides to the equation and only one side of the equation can be manipulated uh, infinitely, right? Because your expenses can only go so low, right? You can only decrease your expenses down so low uh, and live on something so bare bones, right? But your income can be as high as your income gets, Okay, so doing something extra, having extra work, having a side hustle, doing whatever it takes, you know, starting a new business, whatever, right, uh, in order to get more money in your pocket is going to go way further uh, over a long period of time than just decreasing uh, your expenses, right? And it can really uh, jumpstart your financial life and have you uh, with an emergency fund built up very, very quickly uh, with that extra income, right? So I think picking up a side hustle is fantastic. Having extra work, is fantastic. Websites like Fiverr will let you list your services so you can generate extra uh, income. So if you have a, a hustle, a skill, a talent, try to earn that extra income to build up uh, a cash reserve. I think that's a fantastic thought, fantastic idea. Now it can really help you to maximize the side of your budget uh, that is most within your control, right? Your income is far more within your control than your expenses are because even your expenses that seem to be quite predictable um, are likely going to increase with inflation, right? Are likely going to uh, increase over time. And that's something that you can't control. You can't control how much rent goes up wherever you live, or you can't control uh, how much the electric bill is other than, you know, the fact that you may be leaving on too many lights in your house, right? Um, or, you know, running the air condition too long, whatever it may be, right? Uh, you have far more control over going out and working, making money so you can save um, and have money built up for emergency purposes, right? Look, I know it's not sexy. I know it's not uh, super intriguing. I know it's not something that um, we really want to do just so bad, have an emergency fund and just have money just sitting there doing nothing, right? But if you don't have it, then the pain on the other side of that can be immense, right? You can have uh, some terrible things happen um, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to put you in a position where you're like, oh, I'm scared into having an emergency fund. I don't want you that, but I want you to be realistic, right? And know that things happen, right? There are things that occur in people's lives uh, and there are likely things that have occurred in your own life where money is needed, right? And it's needed right now. And without it, you're going to go into debt. Without it, you're going to use a credit card. Without it, you're going to need a payday loan or a personal loan or whatever, right? And that's not what we want. We want you to be able to just look at something that may be a very big thing, right? Uh, and take the financial out of it, right? Take the financial and set it aside because you've got it covered because you have a fully funded emergency fund because you have uh, emergency savings that will help you to walk through some difficult parts in life without that extra layer of stress uh, added on top, right? So I just think these are uh, good tips that can help you, good tips that can help you to um, you know, bulk up the emergency savings that you currently have if you need to do so, or uh, to build the emergency fund uh, that you need in order to be so financially stable, so uh, foundationally strong in your finances that you can uh, be financially free over a long period of time. Because like I've said many times before, 
if you fail to build the foundation, that foundation of budgeting and having an emergency fund uh, and being out of debt, if you fail to build that foundation, then everything you build above that uh, is just built on the sand, right? That is building a rock foundation, building something that cannot uh, be moved. And then you can build the, you know, investments and the, um, you know, home ownership and the, um, you know, maxing out your investing and your generous giving. You can do all that on top of uh, the foundation. But without the foundation, your financial life is going to be, um, you know, lacking in some way. Because many people try to get away without the foundation for some period of time. And they can do so, right, for some finite period. But, um, you can ask many, many people that without the foundation properly set, uh, the outcome can be quite grim. And that's not what we want. We want you to have the proper things in place. That way uh, you can live financially free without worry of things going sideways and you not having uh, what you thought you had at your disposal. So hopefully this is helpful to you and helps you um, to maybe be motivated to actually get an emergency savings um, an emergency fund set up um, and have that money in case things were to go awry uh, for you or your family. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. That's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. Then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.